So I went to Buzzoid, which is a company where you can get fake followers. I paid $11.99 and was promised that I would have a thousand fans in one day. Within two hours, I was over 500 followers. And by the next morning, I hit over 1,100. That was just Janet Levine from our Invention Plus team. I'm Nisha Ashra from Mindshare, and I'm your host for Provocation with Purpose. It's our podcast where we talk about emerging technologies and changing trends and the impact that these have on our day-to-day lives. In this episode, we're talking about influencers. Even with few followers, anyone can become an influencer, and people are really experiencing distrust. So historically, the way you gain influence is by being a genius like Shakespeare, accumulating a ton of power like Julius Caesar, or making some very profound impact on the world like Mother Teresa. But the internet democratized influence so that regular people could post about regular things and be considered influential. Now, it started with the first YouTube video where the co-founder, Jawed Karim, posted about, of all things in the world, elephants at the San Diego Zoo. And this paved the way for the top YouTube creators of today who unbox toys, do silly trick shots, or talk about video games, all of which would probably make Mother Teresa or Shakespeare just roll in their graves. And we know that the influencer industry is really powerful and it's growing steadily. Uh, We see that brands like Estee Lauder are shifting the majority of their budget into social media influencers. However, I think we've all realized that we can't keep looking at this space through rose-colored glasses, even if those rose-colored glasses are being sold to us by our favorite Dubai-based fashion influencer, Karen Wazen. And that's because nowadays anybody can be an influencer. You can literally have one follower and be considered a nano or micro influencer. But the question we ask is, If literally anybody can be an influencer, then is nobody. Now, by the way, it's becoming increasingly easy to be an influencer, and we're seeing a few trends emerge. One is the rise of schools and classes that are dedicated to influencer marketing. YouTube holds summer camps for kids, specifically around how to be a great influencer. And we're even seeing an Italian university e-campus They created the first ever three-year program where you can graduate with an influencer degree. So with all of these self-taught and academically trained influencers racing to make it big, our social feeds have become increasingly more flooded, which has given rise to a new behavior called influencer fatigue. Studies have shown that people are getting really tired of repetitive influencer posts. They're very irritated by the inundation of content in their feeds. And by the way, they're frustrated that that content is super inauthentic. And if you think about your own feeds, you've probably experienced these symptoms before. It's really easy to purchase followers or views. All you need is a little bit of money. And given that most brands still look at reach as the main indicator of influencer success, it's concerning to see the ease of false inflation. But it's one thing to tell you about this. I could go on and on about a lot of stats and cases about fraud, but it's another thing to actually experience firsthand. So I entered the dark crevices of the social media black market and I created a fake Twitter account because I am an influencer now. So I went to Buzzoid, which is a company where you can get fake followers. I paid $11.99 and was promised that I would have 1,000 fans in one day. Within two hours, I was over 500 followers. 
And by the next morning, I hit over 1,100. So I wanted to know who are my followers, right? Who are my legions of fans that now follow my account waiting to see what I post and promote? And it didn't take very long to figure out that 100% of them were sourced from a Middle Eastern bot farm. Now, if I'm going for global fame, that's great. I have the scale, I have the followers, but if I'm, if I'm trying to sell soap in the US, that is not helpful at all. Finally, we know that people are becoming increasingly skeptical because they know the great length to which brands or influencers will take to generate buzz and attention. Basically, we know people will do fake things to be famous in this world, to the point that we've dubbed this type of influencer fake fluencers. I'm going to take you through a few of the fake fluencers that I've seen that kind of exemplify this the best. First, we have uh, a guy named Omar. He's better known as the anti-influencer. And he became very popular for his satirical take on the social media world. Uh, but I forgot to mention, he's also a construction worker. So now he's doing all of these tropes that are happening in social media, but dressed in head-to-toe construction attire. Uh, people loved it. They could not get enough. But it turns out that it just was not genuine at all. It was a stunt for a local coffee shop in Texas. We'd be remiss to not mention Kendall Jenner, and I pick on her because she represents all of the influencers who use their power to lure people to the fire Festival, uh, one of the biggest scam disasters uh, in the world. Uh, we have a guy named Uba Butler. Um, I met him two times, uh, and he's very impressive because he created the number one restaurant in London. The problem, though, is it was a non-existent restaurant. It was totally fake, and it was fueled by fake reviews. We have little Michaela. She's a fake influencer. Now, she has a lot of people following her. She's at 1.6 million followers. But the reason she's in here is because she's quite literally fake. Uh, She was created from AI and represents the trend of uh, digital influencers. And we finally have a couple. They're on this hit list of fake influencers named Gabriel Grossman and Marissa Fuchs. They had this elaborate, week-long, multi-city proposal It was meticulously documented on social media. People tuned in every day to see what would happen. And it turns out that this adventure was really a crafted brand sponsorship that was put together in a sales deck and pitched to brands. Now, at the end of the day, rich kids stuck on an island, a satirical account that supports a local business. I mean, come on, there's no real harm there. But What happens when these influencers very irresponsibly and dangerously use their influence? And this is no better exemplified than Logan Paul, who went to Japan suicide forest and he was taping content and made a joke about someone who had passed, which is completely inappropriate. He knew it. YouTube knew it. And that's why the content was taken down immediately. But it wasn't before millions of people saw it. He lost sponsors and millions of dollars in ad revenue, but a year later, he's literally more popular than ever. Several famous YouTubers also exploited the topic of mental health to line their own pockets by promoting a shoddy, quote unquote, professional self-help app by not disclosing the transaction, which means, unfortunately, it's becoming increasingly difficult for the average social media user to determine when a post is organic or when it's actually sponsored. So this all leaves us in a place where we don't really know what's going on. There's lack of enforced regulation, there's lack of formal guidelines, there's lack of transparency with data and pricing. But fortunately for us, things are turning around. 
First, we see that the platforms, they're stepping up in a big way by removing bots in staggering numbers. Facebook had 3 billion fake accounts that they removed over a six-month period. For context, that's the population of China twice. We also saw that Twitter, they purged 70 million accounts over a two-month spree, which equates to the whole population of Thailand. And the platforms aren't stopping at bot purging. They're taking other measures like testing the removal of public likes, which we all know will alleviate a lot of pressure because it's going to allow influencers to be way more authentic when they're not just chasing the numbers. So what's going to have to happen in response to all of these changes is that the current definition of social influencers is going to be eclipsed by a new definition. And I believe that that definition is going to be characterized by credibility, authenticity, and positive impact. So how can we start? Well, the first thing that we can do, and a really simple thing, is support positive influencers who embrace that new definition. One of my favorite influencer groups is called Yes Theory. They are a group of real friends, so genuine friends who have known each other for a very long time, and they all have very diverse backgrounds. They created a movement that encourages people to just say yes in the world and see what happens. And their goal is to have positive influence on our generation. So in the future, and this is really the biggest takeaway, but the number of followers that you have won't matter because we'll focus on authenticity. Simply put, you can't fake authenticity the way that you can fake reach. That's it for this episode of Provocation with Purpose, the podcast that talks about pushing the boundaries and imagining the potential face of media and what it means for us. Subscribe and stay tuned for more from Team Mindshare. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mindshare underscore USA. Thank you.